to your feet and turn to Matthew chapter number 6 in your Bibles. Matthew chapter number 6. Amen. And we're going to begin reading in verse number 25. Uh, when you arrive there, say amen. Therefore, I say to you, do not worry about your life, what you will eat or what you will drink, nor about your body, what you will put on. Is not life more than food and the body more than clothing? Look at the birds of the air, for they neither sow nor reap nor gather into barns, and yet your heavenly Father feeds them. Are you not of more value than they? And which of you, by worrying, can add one cubit to his stature? So why do you worry about clothing? Consider, consider the lilies of the field, how they grow, and they neither toil nor spin. And yet I say to you that even Solomon in all of his glory was not arrayed like one of these. Now if God so clothes the grass of the field, which today is, and tomorrow is thrown into the oven, will he not much more clothe you? Oh, you of little faith. Therefore do not worry, saying, what shall we eat? Or what shall we drink? Or what shall we wear? For after all these things the Gentiles seek. For your heavenly Father knows you need all these things. But seek first the kingdom of God and his righteousness, and all these things shall, shall, shall be added to you. Therefore, do not worry about tomorrow, for tomorrow will worry about its own things. Sufficient for the day is its own trouble. Father, in the name of Jesus, we thank you, Lord, for this time we have together to gather around your word. Will you speak to every one of us today that we might know, God, that we might know with a certainty, God, that you are our great provider. And right now, even going into this sermon, God, we just cast down doubt, unbelief, and certainly worry today. We are children of the free. And God, and we're going to take our rightful place today, Father God, and look to you, who is the God of our faith and the one who takes care of us. We thank you and we praise you. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. You can be seated in the Lord's presence. If you would have liked us on Facebook, uh, by the way, that's another plug, uh, you would have saw an image. Uh, do we have that image, a cheer up image? Do we have, isn't that cute? <laughs> I thought that was one of the, 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 I mean, I just, my heart just filled up when I saw that image. But we're kicking off a brand new series today entitled Cheer Up. And this series will be basically teaching it for uh, the whole month of August for the most part. And this series is designed to encourage you to keep fighting the good fight of faith. And just to kind of give you somewhat of a uh, summary or overview of, of things that we will be discussing, we'll, we'll begin discussing, um, or, you know, in, in subsequent weeks, uh, we'll talk about uh, gaining encouragement after a defeat. So how many of you have suffered some defeats in your life? And if you don't know how to uh, bounce back from defeat, you, you'll have the feeling that you want to quit or give up. So we'll talk about that in this series. We're going to talk about inspiring others. Now, I know we kind of talked about encouraging others in our Bible study on Wednesday, but we're going to talk about the fact of not just being encouraged, but also being an encourager, the importance of that. We're also going to be talking about thinking biblically. 
In other words, in order to be happy, how many know that happiness is a way in which you think? So we're going to address that in, uh, in the coming weeks. And so today, I want to kick off the series with refuse to worry. Look at your neighbor, and I want you to look at your neighbor and say it real loud with authority. Now, you ready? Look at your neighbor and say, refuse. Oh, you got to do better than that. Refuse to worry. Refuse to worry in Jesus' name. Now, I titled this message, Refuse to Worry, because I want you to understand that worry is not a kingdom value. I want you to understand that worry is not something that a Christian should be involved with. In fact, worry is like a rocking chair. <laughs> it's always in motion, but it never gets you anywhere. How many of you know what I'm talking about? Worry is the opposite of faith. Oftentimes, when you find yourself worried and you're preoccupied with something in an unhealthy way, then how many know that, 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 that faith and worry can't occupy the same space? So if you say to me, you're trusting God and you believe God, and yet you're worried, I will say to you, you are not trusting God. Because faith and worry cannot occupy the same place. Can everybody say amen to that? Worry then has a way, watch this church, I want you to hear this, I want you to get this into your spirit. Worry has a way of stealing our peace. How many know what I'm talking about? When you're worried, how many know you have no peace? You have, Jesus said, and how many know that our Savior is the Prince of Peace? But when we're worried, what happens to your peace? You let peace skip out of the door, and then worry takes the throne over your life. In fact, uh, studies show that, that over 25% of the patients that doctors see, they're really not sick. You know what their problem is? Anxiety and worry. Worry a fix, uh, uh, it, 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 it destroys you emotionally, physically, spiritually. There is absolutely nothing good that can come out of worry. Now, how many of you have discovered this in life? I bet if you think about it, you say it's true. Probably over 90% of, 90 of the stuff that you have worried about, think about your life. Over 90% of it never really came to pass anyway. But you found yourself, oh, you worry, you worry. And, and some people's biggest worry is that, watch this, they can't find something to worry about. You know, people like that, I mean, they just feel like they're not really doing anything unless they are worrying about something. Now, I come from a generation of people, I don't mind telling you this, I'll expose myself a little bit. I come from a generation of people that, that have, uh, you know, mental problems, emotional problems, and it runs all down my family line. So I'm well aware of all the, the consequences and the disorders and all those things. But, but hear this. But what I have discovered is that oftentimes, not in every case, but in oftentimes when people find themselves in, these, in this emotional kind of a turmoil, oftentimes it started with the spirit of worry. And what happens is, whenever worry comes in, it don't come alone. Worry brings a whole lot of its buddies with them. Doubt, sickness, unbelief, hopelessness. You follow what I'm saying? There is absolutely nothing wonderful about worry. And the devil uses worry to torment us. He uses worry to torment us. 
He uses worry to, to keep our focus off of God because how many know if you're not focused on God, you're focused on the problem? How many know God don't want you focused on the problem? God wants you focused on him. Everything that God is doing in your life, he wants you to look up. Everybody look, at you, look, look, look up and say, just look up, look up. Yeah, everybody just look up, look up. That's where your help comes from. Did we not sing that this morning? Your help comes from the Lord. And see, and when, we, and when we're worried, what happens is, here's what's, here's what's really happening. When we're worried about something, we're saying, God, I know y'all don't, y'all, don't want, y'all don't want to hear me preach this morning, do you? But I'm going to say this. We're really saying, God, I, I appreciate what you've done for me. I, I really thanks, God. But, but, but I'm kind of like unsure if you're really going to pull this one off. I don't really trust you. Now, we don't come out and say those words, do we? How many of you have ever said, God, I don't trust you? But how many of you have ever acted like you don't trust God? Are you tracking what I'm saying? So what happens is we come to a place in our life where, where, where people who come to church on Sunday and you hear the word of the Lord and you hear this preaching. How do you know church is not just a place that we gather to hang out? Church is the place where we come to learn and get instruction about how to play on the field of life. How do we do it? How do we live? And so what the enemy wants us to do, and he wants us to get so preoccupied with everything else to the point that you're not thinking about God. And you're hearing this message, you'll walk out of here. If you're not careful, you're listening to what I'm saying right now, and you'll walk right out of that door, and some of you will get right in your car, and you will start worrying all over again. That's where the devil wants, you to, wants to keep you. But see, my assignment today is to break that off of your life. How many know that who the sun sets free is free indeed? So the only way to have... A victory in your life is you got to play by God's rules. And you know one of the things God says? God says, don't worry. Don't worry. We'll talk about that here in a moment. How me know that there are some Christians, I, you know, I hate to say this too, but there are some Christians that wear worry like a badge of honor. You know, if you can see them in the spirit, they got a big old badge. You know, worry. Because every time you talk, every time you talk to them, they always talk about, oh, I don't know how I'm going to make it. Oh, oh, I just, I don't see. I mean, it's really hard. You know, I don't mind you talking about, like, you know, the struggles that you got, but can you just mix it up with a little bit of faith? Can you, can you at least act like you believe that God is in control? Can you at least, like, kind of, like, like say, like, 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 say that, yes, I'm in trouble. Yes, this thing is hard. I don't know how I'm going to come out of this, but I am not going to worry about it because God is my provider. He's going to see me out of this situation. How do you know that's, that's faith? And that's the way all of us are supposed to be thinking. Now let's look at Matthew chapter number 6. And I just read this verse. So I'm not going to read the whole, whole thing again. But let's just kind of, I want to kind of summarize what Jesus said. Now Jesus says this. Jesus, the first thing Jesus says is, watch this. Do not worry. Do not worry. Do not worry. Now, Jesus thought it was so important because you got to understand that he was in a culture of people. He understood what he was doing, where things, where, where conditions were not, not always conducive, where people in times of struggle and difficulty. And Jesus walks right into that environment. He says, now, here's what I want you to do. I don't want you to worry. How many you know the worry is a choice? 
You worry, you're sitting here worried today because you want to. That's a hard word, isn't it? Because worry is a choice. But Jesus said, how do you know when the Bible says, like for an example, do not commit adultery, do not kill, do not steal. How do you know those are commands? Nobody would sit there and go, oh, I think those are kind of like suggestions by God. No, when you hear that, you think, no, this is what God means. God said, don't do it. And how do you know Jesus starts off with saying, do not worry. In other words, don't worry. I don't want you to worry. It's not what I want. It's not what I expect. Don't do it. How many of you say you love God? Jesus says, if you love me, obey my commandments. And one of his commandments is, he said, do not worry. So right now, you ought to see yourself in the spirit. I want you to see your problem. See the thing that's been tormenting you. I want you to see it. See the thing that's been bugging you. Some of us got the what if, the what if disease. You know what the what if disease is? What if my kids don't make it? What if I get sick? Oh, oh, I just felt a lump. Oh, it's cancer. Oh, 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 I don't know. I, got, I, you know, I, don't, I don't know how I'm going to get. What if, what if I lose my job? What if my kids don't? What if, what if, what if? How many know you can do that all day long? But how many know you can't live in faith living like that? Now, you need to declare. We talked about last week. We talked about kingdom authority. How many know you need to declare some things over your life? You need to speak words of faith. You need to declare, you need not to sit back and let the enemy put all that stuff in your mind. You need to sit back and you need to begin to declare what you believe God for. Declare it. Open up your mouth and say it. How do you know faith comes by hearing and hearing by what? The word of God. So the more I begin to declare what God is going to do in spite of my, my situation, how do you know worry got to take a back seat? It has to take a back seat. Now, I want you to understand something. As I said a moment ago, worry is, don't worry, is a command by Jesus. He, he says, don't do it, which means that, that if you have the permission, that if you find a believer, encourage them in the Lord, but encourage, you see them, like, worried all up, then you need to, you need to really talk to them and say, look, I got to get you in the corner. Let's have a conversation. We can pray and we can see God through, but I'm not going to sit here and let you drive yourself crazy. I'm not going to sit here and let you walk in depression. How many know we have an obligation to each other, to lift each other up? How many of you hearing me this morning? Jesus says this. Now watch this. Jesus says this in verse number 25 and 26. He says, life is more important than food, clothing, and shelter. Now, I want you to, to take this journey with me for a moment. So before you came to Christ, think about it. Before you had that eternal perspective, if you're in the kingdom of God, now if you're not in the kingdom of God, you're still kind of in this way of thinking. But I'm talking to the Christians right now. But before you came to Christ, all you thought about was yourself. How I'm going to make it. How, you know, you're worried about food, clothing, everything. I mean, that was it for you. That was the most important thing in your life. It's all about, you know, how am I going to make it? How am I going to do this? How am I going to do that? That's how we live. But see, now that you're in the kingdom, you're supposed to have a different mindset. That now is not the focus. You know, I know the reason why people worry when things don't go right in this earth the way that they wanted to go? Because they put all their eggs in that basket. Are you hearing what I'm saying? In other words, they put all their trust in themselves and their own ability. So listen, if all of my trust is just in that, in this world, if all of my trust is in that, then, of course, I'm going to worry if it don't go right, right? Because, but see, if my trust is in eternity, 
and my trust is in God, then how do you know that no matter how it looks like in the natural, I've already won? Come on, somebody. No matter what it looks like in the natural, I, listen, I have an eternal perspective. How do you know Jesus was really saying that life is more, life is much, much more than just living for the here and now. Life is about serving the living God. Life is about bringing him glory. Life is about adding value to other people. Life is about serving him. Life is much, much more. And this is why Jesus had to jump in there. He says, don't be like all the other unbelievers. How many of Christians sometimes act like unbelievers? We act like unbelievers. Because we sit back and we pull our hair out when how many know that that's a trick of the enemy? We ain't supposed to be pulling our hair out. We are supposed to be praising God all the way in spite of what it looks like. Why? Because I didn't put all my eggs in this world anyway. Are y'all, y'all tell me y'all not hearing it. See, all of my hope and trust is not in this world. So if the things don't go right the way I want them to go, I'm still okay because I've already know that I won. I already know that I have the victory. I already know that my future is secure. I already know that Jesus is my savior. I already know that I'm provided for. So look, watch this. I have nothing to worry about because God is my provision. Matthew chapter uh, 6, uh, I'm sorry, Matthew chapter 5. No, Matthew chapter number 6 is the chapter that we're in. Verses 26 and 30, Jesus says this. Look at the birds and the lilies of the field as evidence that he is our provider. How many, did, how many woke up this morning to the sounds of the birds? I live in a choir harbor. You know, I got a bunch of trees in my neighborhood. Those who have been in my neighborhood, well, first of all, people who come to my neighborhood, they hate coming to my neighborhood because they always get lost. But hey, that's another sermon, another story of another day. But, but, but one of the things, but, but those of us who live in the harbor, I mean, we got squirrels and foxes and we got yeah, a deer. We got all, I mean, I mean we, we're by the water, so we hear all kind of, you know, funny noises at night, you know, that I don't even know what they are. You just stand outside like, wow, what was that? Don't even know what it is. But, but you know, I got every morning when I get up, I got this, I, I don't know where, you know, it's right outside my window. And I just wake up every morning just tweet, 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 That's my rendition of a bird. That's about the best that I can do. I can't do much better than that. So some of you are trying to figure out what is he doing? That's a bird. But you know, the bird is a very, you know, the birds are happy. I mean, they're like cheerful, right? The bird ain't sitting there pulling out hair, the bird ain't tripping. The bird is like, the bird is like, you know. They don't even know. Nobody gave them an agenda and said, okay, bird, you're going to find your food over here at this time. At that. They just get up every morning with an expectancy that I'm going to eat. How many know you need to get up every day? Y'all hearing this with an expectancy that God's going to take care of me. I'm not going to worry about this thing. He is going to make a way out of nowhere. How many would say God had made a way out of nowhere for you? When you didn't think you would make it, God did something. He blew your mind. He pulled something out of nowhere. That's just how God is. And every time he does that, it's really evidence. He's really shouting to us, will you please stop worrying about this? I've already told you that I got it. So he said, he said, look at this. He said, look at Solomon. Some of you worried about clothes. What am I? Uh, oh, it's almost school. School is almost coming in September. Some of you right now worried about, oh, God, I need to get the kids some clothes for school. How many work with me on this? How many, how many know what I'm talking about? You already plot, oh, boy, I got to make sure. I got to make sure. I mean, 
Jesus said, look at Solomon. And if you don't know anything about Solomon, you got to go back and read. Solomon was the richest king. Solomon was a bad boy. Solomon was decked out. Solomon had loads of money. The Bible says there was no king rich like Solomon. And God said, even Solomon in all of his glory was not arrayed like one of these. Solomon, think about it, and all the lilies of the field. How many know the, the lilies? My wife showed me a picture of something yesterday. It was beautiful. It's someplace in Scotland. So she's always trying to drop me hints. You know, you ever, husband, y'all don't tell me. You ever got a wife always trying to drop hints? You know, like, why are we talking about Scotland? You know, how did, you know but, but she showed me this, this, this picture, you know, and it was a beautiful image. And, and all I could think about was, you know, once I got over the fact that she was really trying to drop a seed into me. Well, you know, all I could think about was, well, well, well that God's creation is beautiful. And, and, and Jesus was saying, look, if I take care of the lilies of the field, do you not understand that I'm going to put clothes on you? And, he back, and look, he backs it up. He says, it's really an insult. He says, oh, you of little faith. Oh, Christian who go to church every Sunday. Oh, Christian who profess and tell people to come serve Jesus. Oh, Christian that read your Bible. Oh, oh Christian that come to prayer meetings. Oh, Christian. He said, oh, you of little faith. He said, your faith is too small. You don't even believe me for that basic stuff. How many know that we can't believe God for that? We can't believe him for stuff that is much greater. How many know you can't believe God? How many know that, that God supplying our needs should be a minimal thing? How many know that he's Jehovah Jireh? How many, know, how, many, how many, you know, I'm looking at all of you right now. I don't see nobody in here look like you're starving. I don't see your face sunk in. I don't see your belly sticking out. Y'all look pretty healthy to me. God has been providing for you. So why are you tripping? He says, why? He says, what's wrong with your faith? And then he follows up with verse number 27. I like this. He says, which of you by worrying can add one keeper to your stature? How many of you can tell me right now that you've benefited from worry? Let me look. Let me find you. Is anybody in here, I want to I see who it is. Has anybody in here said, oh I, oh, I worried, man, and it made me feel so good. I just love to worry. But when I, when I worried about that thing, boy, 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 I just, oh, I was just filled with joy. And if you tell me, if you tell me that, then the first thing I'm going to do is I'm going to get the ushers to call like paramedic. Because <laughs> you need to go to the hospital. Something wrong with your thinking. But how I many know Jesus already said it, you know, and people go and pay hundreds of dollars to psychologists where Jesus already told you that worry ain't going to help you. Come on. You go sit there. How much he charge you? $100, $150. And he just sit there and ching, 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 ching. And you sitting there, oh, I'm just worried. He's sitting there, ching, ching, ching. And Jesus already told you, and it's free. Amen. It ain't going to add one day to your life. So worry is your enemy. You need to get from worry. You need to get from up under that spirit before it kills you. Worry has a spirit of suicide on it. And if you let that thing get a hold of you, you'll find yourself in places you never thought you'd be. Man, I don't want to live no more. That's because the spirit of worry, it presents itself like it helps you, doesn't it? Come on, somebody. Don't worry. Everything the devil ever gives you, he always gives it to you to make you think it helps you. But you wake up one day and you realize, that devil got me again. How many know it's time to rise up in victory and say no more? Because we know better. We know better. 
And so we need to be a people to understand that God's, listen, God has given us his word. He's told us, Jesus said, don't you worry about none. You ain't going to add one day. You ain't going to help yourself. So you just need to just stop tripping. So you need to make a decision today, not tomorrow, to say this. I'm not going to worry no more. And don't tell me, Pastor, but you don't understand. Pastor now. You live on 304 Clippership Code. So you don't understand, Pat. You got that job paying that, 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 that amount of money a year. So it's easy for you to say. You know, some of us, that's how we rationalize worry. But how many know that, that I got a verse for you here in a moment. How many know the Bible says to be anxious for nothing? Um, guys, I'm, I got ahead of myself. How many know that nothing means what? Can y'all, y'all know what I'm talking about? I mean, hey, look at Philippians chapter 4, verse 6. I'm going to jump down on my sermon, and then I'll come back up. Hallelujah. I'll pick it up. Philippians chapter 4, verse number 6 and 7. Look at this. He said, be anxious for nothing. But pastor, what about my kids ain't acting right? Be anxious for nothing. Pastor, my marriage is in shambles. Be anxious for nothing. The doctor said I'm sick. Be anxious for nothing. I don't know how I'm going to pay my bills. Be anxious for nothing but by prayer and supplication. Watch this. With thanksgiving, let your requests be made known to God in the peace of God, which surpasses all understanding, will guard your hearts and mind through Christ Jesus. Now, now understand this. So how many know we said it we said a moment ago? How many know nothing means nothing? So you don't even have, God ain't, Jesus, listen, he ain't giving you a license to worry under any circumstances. So don't even bother to tell me how bad your situation is. I don't want to hear it other than listen to it and I'm going to pray and tell you, well, you know, just believe God. Come on, somebody. Come on. How many, how many know we just need to believe God? I, listen, I'll listen to you. I'll pray with you. And I'm, but, but, you know, if you come up to me, I'm going to encourage you to keep looking up because how many know that he's your savior? Now watch this. And he's your provider. He said, be anxious for nothing but by prayer. And supplication. Watch this now. So every time that spirit of worry try to creep up on you, how many know what I'm talking about? Have you ever been slapped in the back of the head by worry? That, that you just, you, all of a sudden, you just riding down the road, da, 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 and boom, worry just hits you. And you're like, hmm. All of a sudden, this big old cloud just kind of come over you because you allowed your mind to go into a certain place. And now all of a sudden, you're worried. So the minute that worry starts to come, you know what you do? Start praying. See, because if you pray and give it to God, see, prayer is the actual image of releasing it to God. See, every time you pray, then you begin to push worry out. That's why he says, with prayer, with, with supplication, and watch this. He also said, do it with thanksgiving. And now, now, hear this. This is a revelation for somebody. Now, I don't care how bad your situation is. Some of you got some tough situations. I'm sure you can tell me some stories. I don't care how bad your situation is. I bet if you really thought real hard, I bet you could find something good in it. Yeah, I may have lost a couple body parts, but I still can walk. Yeah, I may not have filet mignon, but I got pork and bean and hot dog. 
Yeah, I, I, I may not have the car that I like, but I got a car that would take me from A to B. I may not have the job that I wanted, but God still provides. So, Lord, I thank you for that. My kids are struggling, Lord, but they're in good health, and I wake up every day and I see them, God, and there's food in the refrigerator. You follow what I'm saying? I mean, it may not be the way I want it to be, but how many know that we ought to thank God? Let me tell you something. The minute you start thanking God, thanking God, you start praying, no matter no what happens, worry got to go. It's going to run away from you. It's going to run away from you. But because worry don't like you thanking God for nothing. Worry is like kryptonite to Superman. Worry see you thanking God, man. Worry just say, oh, get weak. How many of you want to weaken worry? Come on, you want a week and worry, amen? So with thanksgiving, and he says in verse number seven, when we do that, he says, now watch this, the peace of God, everybody say peace. The peace of God will then come into your life. How many of you want God's peace? How many of you want God's peace? Uh, look at um, uh, uh, Matthew eleven twenty eight. Real quick, Matthew eleven twenty eight. We're almost done, real quick. Well, we've got a few more verses I look at. This is one of my all-time greatest verses. I love this verse. Because um, when I first got saved, I had a lot of baggage. How many of you know what I'm talking about? Did anybody get saved and you had a lot of baggage? Am I the only one that had baggage? Oh, I, look, some of y'all still got <laughs> You still got some baggage. Come on. Come on. You had baggage you're still trying to unload the baggage. Come on, somebody. Jesus said this. He said, come to me. All who labor and are heavy laden, and I will give you what? Rest. He said, take my yoke upon you and then learn from me. For I am gentle and lowly in heart, and you will find rest to your souls. For my yoke is easy and my burden is light. Now, the first thing Jesus says is, come to me. Watch this. Don't come to the pastor. Don't come to your best friend. Don't come to your buddy. Jesus says, come to me. Now, I don't mind people coming to me. I don't mind talking with people. But here's my thing, though. If you got an issue, you got a problem. But I mind if I'm, your first, I'm the first thing you came to talk to about it. How I many know oh, Jesus should be first? The first thing we do is when there's an issue, when there's a problem, who do we come to? Jesus. Jesus says, come to me, all you who are laboring heavy laden. Is there anybody in here who is tired? Come on. Yeah, I'm just tired. You're tired of the struggle. You're tired of going through it. You just, uh, Jesus says, come to me, all who labor and are heavy laden, and I will give you rest. He says, come to me. Come here, daughter. Come to me, daughter. Come, come to me, daughter. Come to me. You're in my sermon today, whether you want to do it or not. Jesus says, come unto me. Hallelujah. This is my, this is my baby girl. Come on. Get yoked up to me. Real tight. Look, tight girl. Come on, tight. All right? See, Jesus says, look, come to me, all you laboring are heavy laden. And watch this. And, and, and he talks about, he talks about um, take my yoke upon you and learn from me. See, when you get yoked up to somebody, I mean, you're connected to them. So when you're yoked up to something, no matter what, you got to, come on, girl, you all right? <laughs> See, when you, when, you get, when you get yoked up to something, I mean, after a while, how I many know it starts to rub off on you? 
Jesus said, I want you to get yoked up to me. In other words, I want you to learn me. I want you to hang out with me. I want you to go with me. I want you to listen to me. I want you to stay with me. When I turn right, I want you to turn right. When I turn left, I want you to turn left. Whatever I go, I want you to, I want you to get yoked up with me. Why? He said, because you'll find that my yoke is easy and my burden is light. See, if you get yoked up to anything else, then how many know you get hooked, wink? Are you okay? Your arm okay? Come on, give my daughter a hand. Jesus, heal her. Amen. <laughs> Pastor broke his arm, then prayed for healing. All right. So, so he said, learn from me. So, so learn from me means this. Watch this, church. So I'm going to learn how Jesus did it. How many know Jesus' Jesus' life was hanging in the balance all the time? How many know what I'm talking about? Everywhere he went, there were people trying to kill him. Even though there were people that was following, there were, he, had his, he had his enemies. Anybody got enemies? And, but you know, Jesus didn't walk around worried about his enemies. Did, yeah, come on. Jesus wasn't worried about anything. I mean, when he looked at all them people and he saw 5,000 people with no food, he did not sit back and say, I mean, he did say to the disciples, he said, hey, where are you going to feed them? But you know, he asked that question not because he didn't know. He asked them to check, to check their faith because he was about to drop a miracle on them. How many know we serve a miracle-working God? Jesus never worried. So watch this. So Jesus is saying, get yoked up with me. Learn from me. Study my principles. Understand me. Follow my way of doing things. And he said, watch this. And you'll find rest for your souls. I look at some of you sometimes, it looks like there's no rest. Then here's the thing. What are you yoked up to? Some of us are too yoked up to the TV. Come on. We're too yoked up to the wrong people. Come on. We're too yoked up with stuff that we ain't got no business being yoked up to. And therefore, we're not experiencing the joy that we're supposed to have because we're yoked up to the wrong thing. Come on, does anybody hear what I'm saying this morning? So we got to come to him. We got to get yoked up to Jesus. You know, I I, I talk with a lot of people. I enjoy people. But brother, I don't get yoked up to anything and anybody. I'm telling you that right now. I got some values because I have to keep my spirit in a place where it's not contaminated with spirits of wickedness. And, and, and worry to me is a wicked spirit. Amen. It's a demonic spirit. Amen. And no Christian have any business worrying. I said it, that's right. Not one, you, listen, don't give in to that spirit of worry under no circumstances. Because how many know that it, it's not right? How many know that when you fall into worry, oh gosh, I mean, you open up a smorgasbord of stuff. Now you're in trouble. Now how many know that spirit of worry can affect other people? Come on. You start worrying, you start just spilling over on everybody else. Now you take some of this. Here. Here you take now everybody. You know, you remember the spies, you know, you remember the spies? They all went in the land. You know, uh, 12, he sent 12, 10 of them came back with an evil report. Oh, we can't fight the giant. You know, Joshua and Caleb, oh man, we can, by all means, well, we can do this. I, I don't know. I want to be around a bunch of folk that can say, by all means, we can take the land, Pastor. We can do it. But boy, them 10, they came up, them giants, man, we can't do it. I don't know. I don't know how we're going to do it. Let's go back to Egypt. And the Bible said, when the 10 came back, everybody else got infected with that bug. And they all started crying. Listen to me. This is free. Guard your spirit. Watch who you hang out with. Birds of a feather will what? Okay, that's a revelation. Some of you just need to change your company a little bit, and you'll find out things might be better. 
First Peter five six verses. First Peter chapter five verses six and seven. Therefore, humble yourselves. Everybody say, humble yourselves under the mighty hand of God that he may exalt you in due time, casting all, everybody say all, all your care upon him because he what? Cares about you. But you know, first of all, you got to humble yourself. You see, some of us, we're too bullheaded to ask for any help. Come on, church, y'all with me? How many know we try to work out and do everything ourselves? How many know God will let you? God will let you try to figure all out all by yourself. And then when you get through just exhausting yourself, he'll be like, yeah, yeah, when you, when you finish that, you come back, I'll be here when you're done. Go ahead, help yourself to it. Go ahead, figure it. Go ahead. Then, then when you get done, when you get finished, they come back and talk to me. And then we can have a talk. And a lot of times we come back wounded, beat up. And God in his mercy say, I'll help you. Come on, boy. Come on, son. Come on, daughter. Because he's a good God. Amen. So the cure for worry is humbling ourselves before God and then casting all of our cares. Isn't that great? Everybody say all. Oh. Everything Everything that you want to care about, worry about, just give it all to God. Just, I mean, the minute it comes, God, I'm giving all of this to you. And then just walk away from it. I mean, if you have to get a tangible object, if you have to just look at this as your problem and then just pray to God and then just set the problem down and then see yourself in the spirit walking away from it and walk away from it. Don't worry about it no more. Just, I ain't worrying about it no more. Some of us just need to do that simple exercise so that you can remain free. Lastly, here's my exhortation to you. With all of that, I said, worship your worry away. Everybody say worship. Worship. Worship your worry away. See, worship, the idea of worship is exalting God over your situation. That's all worship is. Worship is reverence, and I'm bowing down, and I'm recognizing that God is king. Right? That's what worship is. Worship is, I exalt God over the problem. Whatever your problem is, whether it's financial, whether it's relational, whether it's uh, emotional, whatever the problem is, God, I'm going to exalt you over the situation. I'm not going to focus here. I'm going to look to you. I'm going to exalt you, God. And for some of us, that's different. See, some of us, like, some of us, we worship, you know, you might worship like, like April Gay. Her, her way of doing worship is, you know what, I'm going to get before God, I'm going to sing his praise. Some of us, like myself, I, I love to do that, but, you know, my worship is, but I just love to get in his word and get revelation and get insight. I love his word. What am I doing? I'm exalting myself above. Some of us, we just like to pray hard, man. We just love to pray and get in God's presence and pray whatever you got to do. Wor listen, worship your worry away. However you got to get there, do that. Refuse from this moment on. Let's hold each other accountable. Can, can we do that together? Listen, when somebody, I, I invite you to come. I invite you to, listen, you want to share to me what you're going through because the Bible says we ought to care. Listen, we ought to lift one another's burdens. I get it. But that doesn't mean that you're supposed to be enamored with worry. So let's hold each other accountable. I'm not going to let you worry. We're going to pray. We're going to give this to God. And I want you to walk away and say, I'm going to put it down. And don't let the thing back in. You hear me. Don't let the spirit of worry in your life no more. You know the truth now. He said the truth has set you free. Did I not just share with you truth? Did I not just share with you truth? You know it. So if you walk out of these doors and you still worry, you can't blame pastor. Because I told you, it's a sin. Don't do it. 
Because if God said don't do it and you do it, then it's sin, right? Every head is bowed, every eye is closed.